What episode is this anyway? Do I even know? Where do we go for that? We go to Slug is Doug. Uh, slug is Doug. Uh, oh, Slug is Doug. WordPress.com. Oh, yeah, that's right. I got rid of the other. Hmm. Yeah. This is episode 113. Wow. How long have I been doing this? Probably too long. Probably longer than I need to. Uh, let's see. It goes all the way back to Inspired by a Dude. November 9, 2009. Wow. So I guess I just missed my 11-year uh, anniversary. No. 12-year anniversary, right? 12 years I've been doing this. I put out more than 113 episodes, but I only started, like, numbering all of them the same as Sluggest Doug recently. There was a whole bunch of Slug Dailies in there. Yeah. Is this going in? I don't know. Hey, how are you? Hi, hi, hello, 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 hello. How are you? It's Doug. It's me. I'm back. It's 9.28 a.m. on Thursday the 2nd of December. I uh, <clears throat> was sitting around upstairs listening to the Scarborough Dudes. Uh, not his most recent, not his uh, Canadian Dave podcasting whatever episode. Um, the one before that. And I was, I was looking at the clock and I was thinking, you know, I should probably do something today. Just having some coffee. Not... Store-bought, not Senior's Coffee. This is uh, Brewed at Home, President's Choice, Dark Blend, um, made at home. It's crappy coffee, and I like it. Anyway, I uh, was sitting there, and I was like, well, okay, so what could I do? I could, I could go downstairs, and I could play some video games, because that's kind of what I do. That's how I roll right now. Uh, but then I thought, well, I should, I've, I've, I've started by putting out a podcast last week. I should, I should probably do it again. Let's try to keep it up. Let's see what we can do to make sure that we keep this up for a little while because, well, work is going to come. Work is coming soon enough. Um, I can, I can say that, uh. I've been in touch, or have been contacted by an art director who has asked me to submit a resume and a portfolio for a production that may start in January and probably run till October. So, I mean, that might not seem like a long time to most people. It's like, yeah, I work, dude, I work all the time, every day, 12 months a year. That's not how I roll. <laughs> I am uh, a lazy son of a bitch, I guess. I don't know. Of course, when I do work, I am working 12-hour days. So, you know, it's it's draining. And being a lazy person as I am, that 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 really drains me. I think it I have I don't know. I I I think I've I've talked about this before. I I lack ambition. I have no ambition ever. I've never had ambition. I've I've never 
wanted or needed to be the best at something. I've never had the ambition to to succeed, really. Like, it, my success does not matter to me. The only thing that I ever really want is just to just survive. Just, you know, do no harm and... And and just do what do what I want to do, you know. I and I really want really want to do anything other than <laughs> play video games and listen to podcasts and Lord knows what else. I I think about hobbies, like the fact that I I can really very rarely keep up on a hobby. It really I don't know I don't know if there's something wrong with me. I just I I seem unable to focus on one thing for a very long time. I go in spurts. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll play tons and tons of video games for a couple weeks at a time, a month or two at a time, you know? And then I'll get burned out, and I'll, I'll just say, I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. Or take reading, like last week. I was just burning through the books. The second uh, novel in the Adam Sternberg? I think is his name. Um, Spade Man novels came into the library. My hold came in, so I went to pick it up. And I thought, okay, I'll get that read in like a day, maybe two. It's been almost a week now that I've had it. And I'm barely, I guess I'm, last night I got pretty close to the end. I'm probably, I don't know, 50 pages from the end or something like that. But it's taken me a long time to get there. Somewhere in there, I just, I, I, I kind of... I don't know. I just, I lost sort of the, the drive, you know, it's like something got in the way, uh, and kept me from, from reading, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, okay, well, it's not a habit anymore. So it's not something I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, I guess all the habits that I do have are horrible habits, you know, staying up late, late night eating, uh, falling asleep on the floor, <laughs> Those habits I have, those are great habits. Yeah, right. But I'm really good at those habits. But it's like creating these new habits that I'm just terrible at. You know, uh, I wish I was more like, um, well, I don't really. It would be nice if I was more like, say, uh, Jason Reese, where I had I had my schedule that I kept to, where it was like, yeah, you know, uh, on this day I, I do the... I clean the bathrooms this day is laundry day, this day is this day, you know, like where that scheduling happened. Or if I actually sat down every weekend and I, I made up a meal plan for my family so that I could actually do a proper shopping and, 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 and know exactly what it is I was going to make for dinner all week. As it is, I, I, I I don't know. It gets to like four o'clock, and I'm like, "Oh shit! I forgot to make I forgot to make plans for dinner." This is my job. I've been doing it for ever. <laughs> I've been like every day. I I should I should know. Oh yeah, I have to eat dinner. In fact, today I have to eat dinner. Can you believe it? I have to eat dinner today. No shit, really. And I haven't thought about what it's going to be. And I probably won't think about it until I go pick up my daughter. Actually, I've already thought about it. I think we're going to go to, we're going to go out. She and I are going to go out for dinner tonight. We're probably going to get some Mackers or we're going to get some Timmy's or something like that. Because um, my wife is going out for dinner tonight. She's going out to see some friends. So that's nice. 
so it'll be just me and the me and the CJ, and um, we will uh, we'll do the things we have to do. It's Thursday, so that's a busy night. We've got she's got guitar lessons she's got to go to, then she's got dance that she goes to. So I'm kind of you know daddy's taxi service running around. But you know it. Sure, it would be nice if I knew what we were having for dinner every night, or if I came up with a plan. But it'd be nice, it'd be more than nice to do that. It would be cheaper for us, for one thing. I would grocery shop, say, once or twice a week. I'd have a list of the things we need to have, and I would know what, we, what food we want to eat, what we're eating, when we're eating it. And then that way, we're not having takeout like two, three times a week. Takeout's expensive. It's really expensive. And I have mentioned before many times on this podcast that I am terrible with money. I'm awful with money. I, uh, I, it just happens in the background and I don't watch it and it's terrible. And it's starting actually to, to probably cause a little pit in my stomach where I start to worry about, holy crap, I'm, uh, you know, I'm in my fifties now. My wife is hoping to retire in a couple of years and, and I'm, I don't want to work till I'm 75. God, I can't work another 25 years. Can I? Oh, oh, just the thought of it, even 20 years, like, oh, 20 more years of working. I hate work as it is. I don't like work. Work is work. Work sucks. Oh my God, does it ever suck? I need to win a lottery. (laughs) Oh man, you're so lazy, dude. You're so lazy. Why, why, why so lazy? Why? Why no ambition? You remember years ago, I came up with this idea that I was going to leave the, the film industry and I was going to open up a, you know, a, a, a makerspace for, for people in the neighborhood. I was going to try to teach kids, yada, yada, yada. That, that just went away. It just went away. It's all these pipe dreams. It's like they're looking at the grass is greener sort of situation. It's a, it'd be better if I didn't have to do that. And every year around Christmas, especially around, you know, around now, end of November, beginning of December, when usually when I'm unemployed, I start thinking about, oh, crap, I need to just change careers. I just, <laughs> I need to jump ship and do something else because uh, this working in small bits is not good for me because then I end up start to worry about when the next job is coming and stress starts to happen and yada, yada, yada. And I start looking for different jobs. And then I start looking for another job and another career. And what lo and behold happens is I get another job in the film industry. And I'm like, oh, okay, great film. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And I, hmm, I don't know. Like when I was uh, putting together my resume and my portfolio for this job that's potentially coming up i haven't done that in a long time let's i like i have not even looked at my i think the last portfolio that i put together for work uh was ever asked to present was back uh for the expanse so that would be 20 i think it was 2015 maybe 2016? Somewhere around there? I guess it would be probably 2016, I think, is when we went to... 
Yeah, I don't know. I think that was that was when I went to to Cuba, I think. Yeah, I think it was around 2016, maybe. Doesn't matter. You don't care. I don't care. Um, but that was the last time I put something together for someone to look at to say, "Oh, well, here here's an example of my work." Because I've been working with the same people for 20 some odd years. There's really only like three or four art directors that I have worked with. One of them, unfortunately, has died recently. So I'm not going to work with him anymore. And some some of the other ones have, have stopped working in the business. So the number of people that I can go to to work with is starting to get smaller and smaller. And there's always that thing in the back of my mind saying, well, you know, maybe it's time you stepped up and you start art directing. And I'm like, no way. No way. No way. No way. No way. No how. Responsibility is the other thing that I shirk. <laughs> I do not want to be, I don't want to be in management. Management is not my style. I can barely manage myself. I can't manage my family. I can't manage my money. I cannot definitely manage the the company's money good lord no you don't want to you don't want to put me in charge of that but uh, it would make more money but no i don't want to do it i don't want to do it there's no way i want to do it and it's like there's this little thing inside of me that says do not fail up do not fail up do not follow the whatever it is the peter principle perhaps i'm already at the peter principle I'm as high as I can go with my inability as it is. <laughs> you know, stay where I, stay where you are. Do not, don't reach for the stars. Keep your feet on the ground. Ugh. More coffee. Have I actually said anything? Is there anything that is coming out of my mouth that actually means anything to anyone? Is it a coherent line of thought. What am I thinking about? What am I talking about? I guess really what I'm saying, and you, you probably hear it, is that I'm just, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm I guess I'm having a bit of a crisis. <laughs> am I, am I having a bit of a crisis? Maybe not. It's my usual crisis, my yearly crisis of, of uh, looking at myself when I, when I start to realize that, um, you know, after sitting around for quite some, some amount of time, quite some amount, <sighs> you figure with all the reading I've been doing lately, I might have picked up some actual English. You would figure that with the amount of time that I've been spend, spending sitting around doing nothing, is that... Oh, thoughts. Thoughts. It is my usual time. After having spent a lot of time on my own, not working, spending time only with my thoughts, really, that <laughs> I start to turn on myself, really. I do. Um, and I, I start to I start to wonder, well, am I am I any good? Is it worth me? Am I, am I worth hiring? Am I worth um, investing in? <laughs> you know, basically, that's what, that's what these people do when they hire you. They invest in you to, to help invest in their movie, I guess. I don't know. Uh, do they... Do, do I offer something? You know, am I, am I starting to age myself out of the profession? Am I creative enough anymore? I don't know if I am, really. Um, 
I don't do much to, to, to help my creativity uh, that I know of. Maybe it just sort of naturally flows in and flows out. I don't know. I don't know how creative I am. See, like I'm doing it again. I just, I really, <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I do know that I think my, my tastes in books has changed. I, when I was over the last little while looking, uh, if you tuned into this podcast for a coherent thought or storyline to go through it, you're, you're sadly mistaken. It, not going to happen. It's not going to happen in this episode. Just be the fly on the wall and join the ride here. This is, this seems to be, uh, uh, me having, I, okay. It's a therapy session, isn't it? This is a therapy session. Okay. Let's just, let's just talk. It's you and me on the couch. Let me have some coffee. <sighs> 17 minutes in, I don't think I've completed a thought, but the most recent thought is that I think that my reading my desires for reading recently have changed um because i as i have mentioned in the pre previous podcast i do subscribe to these services that give discounts deep discounts for books and you kind of sign up with them and it looks at the various online retailers namely amazon really amazon and apple books does anybody read a book uh, with apple books or whatever it's called i, I don't think anybody does I don't think I could read a book on an iPad. I don't know. I don't have any trouble doing it on a Kindle, but on an iPad, I don't know. It's just too heavy, too big. It's like, do I really want to read a, a novel on a, like, a, you know, a, a large print novel that's like coffee table size? Coffee table book size? I don't think so. I have trouble enough with a hardcover edition of one of these pulpy science fiction novels that I have. That, that's big. I like small pocketbooks. I like pocketbooks? Uh, what are they called? Yeah, it's called a pocketbook, isn't it? Uh, the softcover uh, paperback. Paperback? Maybe it's just paperback. Paperback? Paperback? Paperback writer. Oh my God. What kind of drugs am I on? Anyway, um, I have said in the previous sentence, <laughs> the beginning of this thought, that I think my my taste has changed in what it is that I like to read. When I was younger, when I was younger, so much younger than today. Um, yes, I just recently watched the Beatles documentary, Get Back. It was very good. In fact, I'm wearing my Beatles shirt right now and it has a picture of them crossing Abbey Road. Okay, next sentence. Um, I would read uh, the, the crazy stuff. I, I was reading Haruki Marakami. And when I was looking for a book uh, last week so week or so, uh, I decided, you know, years ago I picked up in this very podcast, I picked up the Wild Sheep Chase book that was sitting beside me where I, just, I basically said, I will never get to read this book. And then here I was last week and I was there on my shelf staring at me and I was like, okay, I'm going to read that book. And I picked it up and I got, I don't know, three, four pages into it and I was like, I... I don't think I want to read this right now. I, I don't want to read this. This is not uh, what I want to read. It was... I lost interest in it. I I used to love those really weird books. I would read the... Um, oh, what was his name? The guy that wrote um, uh, Train Spotting. Uh, um, yeah, you know his name. Um, that's going to bug me. 
Doesn't bug me. Does not bug me. Irvine Welsh. That's his name. You heard me. Overdub it right there. Um, I used to read his books. I loved it. And, uh, you know, the, was really into them. You know, the, the Acid House, uh, the uh, Marabou Stork Nightmare, all the, I think that was him. Uh, all of those, I was really into those. And they were weird and they were, I guess maybe because they were, they were edgy, right? They were weird and edgy. They were, uh, they were just, I guess that's the only way I can, they were, they were fantastic. Now, not fantasy. They were, oh my God, words, words. Why do you do this to me? You know, you know what I'm saying? They were edgy and I was into that. That was kind of the thing that I was, I was all about. I always wanted to be, <laughs> maybe that's more what, it, what I'm trying to say is I wanted to be the edgy artist. I, that was, so maybe that was my one, my one thing, you know? Uh, that was my, that was my ambition to be the edgy artist, or at least it was the part that I played. I played the part of an edgy artist really, when really I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not edgy. I'm not an artist. I'm just, I'm just me. And I, I like things that are comfortable and I like things that are ordered. Mm. I like things that make sense, <laughs> but I, you know, I also do like things that don't make sense from time to time, I suppose. I don't know. But I also think back to like reading the Dick Francis books. Now, Dick Francis, if you don't know who he is, he's basically, he writes basically the same book over and over and over again. There are mystery novels. I, I, I put mystery in kind of like a big question mark there. Like, are they a mystery? Cause you know. Maybe they're not. <laughs> I mean, they're supposed to be a mystery, but it always takes place around some something to do with horse racing. And I mean, I haven't read one in a while, but it's always, you know, it's always a dude and there's always a femme fatale and there's something weird going on. And he needs to figure it out and he's in danger and there's horse racing involved. I don't care about horse racing, but for some reason I care about these books, or at least I like the pacing and the, the, I don't know that, that I can get immersed into this book, into these books. You know, I, I it just takes me on a ride. It's kind of like a, a crazy train ride where there's no, there's no, no engineer driving the train. There's nobody. And it's just, it's a runaway train and you're reading the book. And I guess that's kind of what some of these sci-fi-ish, you know, I say sci-fi, but maybe they're not really sci-fi. I mean, they, they are, I guess they're classified sci-fi, but they're more like uh, crazy hard-boiled detective stories, which is, I guess, kind of what the well i wouldn't say they're hard-boiled but i would say that they are uh um detective stories that happen in the dick francis novels he's often kind of fish out of water type stuff and suddenly he's you know it's somebody who is not traditionally a detective but they end up being the detective or at least solving the the mystery that's happening to them to solving the problem i like a good conflict i like a good a good uh hurdle <laughs> to use a uh an equestrian term, I guess. I like it when the, the protagonist or whatever, you know, the, the hero of the story, the anti-hero of the story, needs to overcome 
a obstacle to get success. So there's a clear sort of narrative that runs through the story where, I don't know, where there's some books you just read and you're like, well, is, what's, is there anything that's going on? Is there a story here? What, what's the conflict? You know, there was, uh, I always hearken back to, there was um, a, a movie years and years and years ago. I think it was Remains of the Day. I think that's the one. Uh, I think it was that one. That my buddy, uh, Mark, made me, made me watch. I watched it with him at his urging. He was, we were, we used to rent movies and watch movies every week. Every Friday we'd get together and we would watch movies. And um, we we went through the the Hitchcock stuff. I love the Hitchcock movies. Again, it's sort of that mystery stuff. It's that um, hurdle that needs to be overcome by the the protagonist, or the hero, um, to to advance. You know, like reach that goal. Movie done. Boom, you're good. And then we watched. I think it was Remains of the Day. Uh, no. Wasn't remains of the day. Howard's End. That's the book, or that's the the movie. Howard's End. Oh my God. I just remember sitting through that. I don't know. It seemed like it was a four hour long movie. Probably only two hours. Let's see. Let's see. Let's move the microphone here so I can get a little closer to the keyboard here. Howard's End. Uh, Howard's End. Um. I guess it was a book too. Okay, um, it is the nineteen ninety-two two-hour twenty-two-minute Howard's End. Uh, a businessman thwarts his wife's bequest of an estate to another woman. I, my God, what a boring piece of crap this was. Um. It was just, there was nothing that happened. And I remember it was like just lying there on the couch as we were watching this thing, just like in pain, squirming, going, for the love of God, do something, say something, have something happen. And it's all just people just whispering and talking to each other. And the, the, the term Howard's End comes up over and over and over again. What are we going to do about Howard's End? Are we ever going to get it? La, 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 la. Oh, and in the end, the biggest piece of action that happens is a fucking bookcase falls on somebody. Ugh. What an awful book. And it won three Academy Awards, too. That's the thing that I just don't get. It was so bad. Oh, my God. I just... It, uh, it was not my thing. It was not my thing. Sure, okay, maybe it was a great movie. Maybe it was well shot. It was probably well written for somebody who cares about things like that. But the story for me was, uh, I know, it's about characters. It's about the reaction. It's about somebody dealing with, with uh, their, their problems and their interrelationships. But good God, nothing happens in the goddamn movie. <laughs> it's squabbling. Rich people squabbling over stuff that I don't give a shit about, right? Like um, this most recent television show that everybody's really about... Um, uh, about the the media conglomerate that that goes ro goes wrong on uh, HBO. Um, uh, 
what's it called? Uh, com, 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 com something. You know the one I'm talking about. Good God, where is my brain? Why, why do I not have the recall? Where has the recall gone? What the fuck is the name of the book? Uh, not the book, the show. We're just going to sit here till I remember it. Not collateral. I'm pretty sure it starts with a C. Oh my God. All right. We're going to have to go look at this. HBO. HBO. Uh, who the fuck's in it? Do I even know any of the character names? Um, top shows. Let's do that. Uh, fuck me. Um, why can I not remember the name of it? Good Lord. Yeah, it's been a while so far. I'm editing out a lot of this, but uh, I'm still trying to think about it. Now I'm searching for it. I don't even know how to, how to, uh, was it HBO, <laughs> HBO show about media. Oh, I'm so sorry. Succession. Why? I got stuck on the C. I got stuck on the C. It's succession. <sighs> that was painful. I'm very sorry. So very sorry about that. <laughs> God, I hope they, I hope they develop this um, Alzheimer's vaccine they're talking about. Because God damn, I cannot, ha I do not have the the memory that I, I. Well, I never had the memory, did I? I like to tell myself it's that I don't care about the show, so I don't really want to know what it's called. But that's not true. Succession. Uh, a lot of people really like this show. They're very interested in it. Um. I watched the first season with my wife um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I guess I was a little bit interested in it. I mean, it was something for us to watch together, right? Um, I like Brian Cox. I think he's a pretty good actor. I worked with him on my very first movie. Um, I believe it was him. Um, and um, the... You know, there's, there's some interest to it. There's some sort of humor in it that I can kind of find funny. And at the beginning, the story was a bit interesting. But then we started watching the second season. Was it the second season we were watching? Whatever the most recent one was. Um, and I, I, I didn't care about it. I didn't care about the story. I didn't care about what was going on. I didn't care about the characters. I was just like, why, why do I care about these horrible, horrible people? Doing horrible things in a in a the, doing something that I don't care about, but then I ask myself, well, why do I actually why do I like this Spademan novel? Why do I like that? Uh, it's about a horrible person who's who his pastime is he's a murderer. He's he's a he's a killer. He's a hired killer. He's a hitman that goes out and kills people for a living. Why do I care about him? 
why did I care about Dexter in in Dexter? You know, but I think that there was uh, there was an amount of peril that's involved in in both of those characters, Dexter and in, Sp- in the Spaceman novels. There's you know uh, you're wondering you're waiting for them to get caught. You're hoping they they don't get caught, or you're hoping they do get caught. Uh, but there's also an underlying um, greater evil thing that they're hunting down. Um, that once you kind of get past the fact that they are the horrible people that they are, you accept the basis of the story and you kind of follow along for the ride. With Succession, I, I, I guess I just don't get past the fact that these are horrible people, horrible rich people that I don't like. And I don't care who gets control of their horrible, horrible company. They're all shitty people. Nobody should be in control of the company. The company should not exist. They should be... They should not be. <laughs> they should be, like, all in jail. <sighs> 30 fucking minutes I've been going on about stuff. Still don't know what I'm on about. I could say the same for 50 years I've been going on about things, and I still don't know what I'm going on about. <laughs> Oh, God, I hope you're still listening. I don't know. So I don't think I'm ever going to read Haruki Murakami's uh, Wild Sheep Chase. I don't know. Maybe I will. You know, never say never. Your your tastes change, I guess, as you go along. And at this particular moment in time, it's not what I'm into. It's not what I'm interested in. And and I guess I've always been that way. It's the same with with the video games. I'll be into racing game for a couple weeks, and then I'll I'll get my fill. Maybe I overindulge. Maybe that's what it is. I overindulge... Too, it's too much too too soon. I, I guess maybe the one thing that I need to do is I need to kind of take that big, get the big old, I don't know, have you ever dug a garden? You, you dig up a garden, you get all that, that soil up, and it's in clumps, and you, you want to you wanna get out the rocks. You want to make better, you want to make a better soil for plants to go in, you know? So you get out that, that screen, and it's usually a wood frame, and it's got some chicken wire on it or something like that. It's got like a wired mesh on it, and you put all your dirt on there, and you you screen out all the the nice soft, fertile loam, <laughs> the fertile soil, and all that shit falls to the ground, and then you you get take out the rocks, take out the chunks, take out the the bits of grass that you don't want in there, the weeds, the 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 chunky bits, the clay. You got to get all that out, and you get the good stuff at the bottom. I need to do that with. <sighs> I need to do that with my life, I think. <laughs> I need to figure out, like, what is, what, where, what is the fertile part of me? What is my, like, where? Where, what am I really all about? What helps me to grow? Or what, what in me helps other things to grow? Where is it, is it, am I creative? Where, what is the, what are the things in my being in my makeup that that allow me to be creative and and what is that creativity about um what are the things that what is the i don't know i don't know where to how to stretch this any further (laughs) oh my god oh this is the worst podcast ever but i'm putting it out i'm putting it out you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna sit down and you're gonna you're gonna like it you're gonna like it mister and missus and miss and in between. God, there's a lot of 
There's a lot of weedy bits in this podcast, isn't there? How am I going to sift this out? How am I going to make sure that the good stuff, the good stuff gets through the screens on this and gets into your ear holes? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should pause for a moment, get my, collect my thoughts and and decide what it is that I I really want to talk about. But you know what? I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I just pulled my hand away from the mouse. I was going to pause and and do that, but you know what? We're, we're doing it live. We're doing it live folks. So let's go to the old standby. What's been going on? Well, I've been looking for work. Okay. I, I, we covered that. I'll start working in, in January, hopefully go to, to October. I don't know whether it'll be in person. It probably will. Um, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. There's no real reason for me to, to not go into work other than I don't want to. I prefer to work from home. I think I work better from home, but we'll go back to work, which also means the new, the new mix into the, the problem will be then uh, I definitely have to start thinking about grocery shopping in a different way in terms of getting food for the house because my wife is going to have to start taking care of dinner for herself and for my daughter. And I'm I'm a little worried as to what that means for them because they, I don't know, uh, my wife doesn't do well when I'm not around for dinner um, for a long period of time. Um, she starts to feel isolated and the winter is not a good, not a good place for that for her. It also put, it's also going to end up putting a lot of, um, responsibility on her for things like taking my daughter to, to dance or to guitar practice or, or whatever other things, because I'm not going to be here. I, you know, I know that this, this job, wherever it is, I'm probably not going to be leaving before six o'clock at night. Uh, it'll probably be at least an hour away, so I won't get home till at least seven, probably more likely eight o'clock. Um, and that means she's going to have to take care of dinner every day for herself and for my daughter. And she's going to have to take care of the, the, the runs, the, the taxi runs. So I don't look forward to that for sure. I mean, I look forward to getting a paycheck again. I kind of like that. But I don't look forward to that, which is something I'm gonna have to I have to bring up with her. We're gonna have to talk about it before I go back because it is it is uh, it is a source of um, tension between us. And you know, it's not she understands. There's not much I can do about it other than change change careers. Uh, but I won't make the money in those any other careers, and I'm not qualified for anything else. So uh, it's a tough spot. It's a tough spot. But um, I watched the Beatles uh, documentary. It was fantastic. It was so good. Great watching the lads, those four Liverpudlian lads, uh, creating songs in before our very eyes, watching, um, watching Paul strum the bass and come up with Get Back just as it's happening. And, and you know, he's just strumming away and he's got, He's got the groove for it. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts to, he starts to get the beginning of the lyrics. And basically by the time John shows up, he's, he's basically got the song. And then John sprinkles his bit of magic in it. And George then puts in his bit of magic. It was, there was definitely, you know, you can see that they did John and and Paul definitely worked together to create their songs. You know, certain certain ones especially near the end you can see that you know they were more created independently. 
But I think that they relied on each other quite a bit to actually make sure that that between the two of them, they came up with the best version of the song that they could. It still hurts me that um, John didn't like Let It Be. That he basically, I, there was a scene in there where he's making fun of Let It Be. And I, I think from what I heard, from what I've read, who knows how apocryphal it all is. Uh, I, I think John did not like Let It Be as a song. I think he thought it was um, simple. I know he didn't like, was it Obladi? I know he didn't like that one either. Not a lot of people like that song. Look, I'm a Paul fan. I love I love Paul McCartney. I love The Wings. The Wings. I love Wings. I think they're a great band. Uh, a lot of people disagree with that. Um, I also love ELO. So, you know, Jeff Lynne. Uh, I'm also a George Harrison fan. Any George Harrison Beatles song I love. Um, John? I don't know. John was, yeah... Yeah, he's good. He's great, actually. He was a genius. But he's an ass. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I just... He's just... Yeah, he always seems to be trying so hard to be... I don't know. I'm going to stop it there. Because he was actually... I, I, I cannot... I cannot... Uh, I can't say anything bad about John. He was a genius. He was... He was he was good. He was really good. His songs are so good. I love every single thing that he's ever done. But I something about him just rub me rubs me the wrong way and the way he behaves. And I don't know. Maybe it's just I bet you I behaved the same way at some point in my life. And maybe that just bugs me. It's the old man in me coming out. It just it rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> I you know this is the other thing. I just I don't know if I have opinions. <laughs> Like, I will start to say an opinion. I'll start to say an opinion like I think that I don't like John. And then I'll be right in the middle of it. I'll say, you know what? Do I really? Am I actually just saying it just to say it? Like, I I like John. I don't really feel one way or the other about him. <laughs> oh, have an opinion on something, dude. Uh, I hope I don't frustrate you as much as I frustrate me. Uh, but that was, it was, it was just such a, um, it was such a pleasure to watch that, uh, that documentary and to see the remastered film itself, like the quality of the, the image shortly, strangely enough, earlier in the year, I rewatched the, the documentary movie, let it be. Um, I forget why, but I got a hold of a, a like a terrible copy of it, I think from archive.org. And it's super grainy and the sound is terrible and it's just it's not a very good movie. Um and it was really nice to see it in well, I saw it in HD. I think that they upsampled it to 4K. So if you have a 4K television, you got to see the Beatles in in remastered 4K look. Um, but it was great to see them in basically in a, a video quality, a picture quality that, that, that we can relate to contemporaneously. Is that the word? Like in terms of today's visual knowledge that we have, we can see them in high def, which be, you know, heretofore we have not. Um, it was really nice to be able to see them in high def 
and and kind of get a little bit more of their expression, get a little bit more of what they look like, and 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 see the environment that they were working in. You know, the the studios, the studios, the what is it, Twickenham or Twitterham or whatever it was that they were working in. It looks like any studio that we have here in Toronto, and. God, what I'm they were so fortunate to leave that. That was an awful idea to go in there and rehearse in the first place. These places are notoriously cold, have really they do have terrible sound. Um, and are just the the they're dark, they're meant to be dark, and they're just a terrible place to to be. <laughs> you know, unless you got a set in there. And and to have them go in, I don't even understand why they did this. Like, why did they have them go in there in the first place before they even had a set? You know, they had the the director come in showing them the set design ideas. And what were they going to do? Were they going to continue to rehearse as they built the set around them? Like, those guys were not going to get any work done while anyone was around them building sets. That's a noisy process to begin with. You know, like... Uh, and the fact that they were dis- they were distracted by there was the one scene where the 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 movie the one movie that was actually being shot on the lot started to bring in that uh, that set piece uh, on its own wheels and there was you know like t- whatever twenty or thirty uh, uh, construction workers uh, 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 rolling it on the rolling riser. They were distracted by that. It's like, well, can you imagine if you're actually having the sets built around you with grip pipe and and plywood? I don't know. Did they have plywood back then? Did they use plywood in the UK? I don't know. They, I guess they didn't because they laid down the 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 jankiest of uh, stages on the rooftop of, of Apple when they did the rooftop concert. I don't know if you saw those those planks they laid down on the rooftop, but oh my goodness, that looked like the... The most dangerous place to be. It was Paul was able to spring himself up in the air an extra couple of inches, maybe even a foot or two, by bouncing up and down on it. Not very good. I guess they were kind of. You figure they have all this money, they could, you know, spring to to have somebody do it properly for them. I don't know. Maybe that's the 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 sixties, right? That's the way things were. We've 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 just gone. So much further into the world of um, of uh, safety <laughs> that back then that's what they did. That's just how you did it. That's how you built the set. It was just janky. But you can definitely see at the end of that documentary that the the the, the three of them at least. I don't know about Ringo. You know, I think Ringo was always just happy to go along and and you know he's happy to be there, be be a part of. Be a part of the the magic, right? Just to play drums. He's just he loves it. Watching him watch Paul write, um, I think it was Long and Winding Road. I think that was the song. It was one of the ones where Paul is just working away at hammering away at the piano, and Ringo's just sitting beside him watching. And you know, I, I think that we we don't cut Ringo enough slack. You know, he he jumps in and plays piano with them for a while. He's He's just, he's different. He's just a different musician than the rest of them, right? Um, I, I, I love, I love Ringo's playing. I think he's a great drummer. I, I think he was, I, I love his attitude. I think as a, as a, a person, he, he was fun. He's fun to watch. He's a good entertainer. And I hope he's a nice guy. <laughs> Pretty sure he is. I don't know. You can never tell. 
that's the problem with like the the ultra rich, like the ultra famous and the ultra rich. You know, they in, inevitably they're always they end up being disappointingly disconnected from the rest of the world, and in the end they are, <laughs> from what I can tell, not someone I'd like to have a beer with. But you can definitely see at the end that the three of them, George, Paul, and John, they are all, you know, they're, I think the oldest of them is 28, I think, at the time. I'm going to have more coffee. 28 at the time, 27, something like that. I think George is 25. 25. I think about what I was doing when I was 25 and 27. 25, I took off and I went to Europe. I traveled. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I had no idea who I was as an artist or as an architect or whatever, just as a human. And here these guys are. They have created, uh, uh, already created a huge collection of fantastic music. They've had a career. They could end their career then and be done with it. They could have just retired and lived off of what they had created. That was it. That's all they needed. They were done. But they were still growing. That was the amazing thing, was that at, at that time, when they're sitting in the studio and you hear George say to, to, to John, when Paul's out of, gone to his, his appointment or whatever, he says, uh, you know, uh, John, what do I do? I've got like, you know, I've got enough songs for the next 10 albums because, you know, George only ever got two songs on an album. And he says, like, I just want to get them out of me. I want to record my own album and just put them out. What do you think about that? And, and John says, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, we should all just put out solo albums. And then George says, yeah, you know, and then we can come back and we can do the Beatles stuff together. And when we want to be Beatles, we put out a Beatles album. And when we want, want to be ourselves, we put out our own albums. You know, and as it turns out, they went into the studio and for Abbey Road. And, you know, John didn't want to have anything to do with George and... Uh, or with Paul and basically every single song they put out was just, it was a solo song. You know, John didn't show up on a bunch of the songs that Paul was doing and vice versa. It was, it was a shit show. I mean, it was a great album in the end, but basically it was, it was, it was the, it was the demo tape for each one of their solo albums, their solo careers. Because at that point they were developing as individual artists and they needed to go their own way. There were, you cannot have that many high powered creatives in one little band. I don't think you can. Um, you know, it's that too many cooks, too many chefs, uh, um, saying adage, whatever it is, whatever the example is, um, you know, and I see it constantly in, in, art departments and on movie sets and television sets. If you've got too many visionaries in one room, it just becomes, it becomes a shit show. It, it's not, it's not productive. Everybody is, everybody has a great idea. Look, ideas are amazing. And if you've got an amazing idea, I hope that you can make it happen. But at some point you got to choose one. And, and somebody has to be the heavy and somebody has to say, we're not doing that. We're doing this, you know, for whatever reason. And, and excuses come up as to, as to what that reason is, whether it's budgetary, whether it's time, whether it's uh, scope, whether it's, um, you know, uh, whatever, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of reasons for something to get done or not done. And in the end, it's just whether or not somebody can choose the, the, 
the 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 distilled direction, the the actual artistic view. Uh, we were talking artistic processes here. You're, you, you, somebody's got to steer the boat, and it has to be a coherent, um, has to be a coherent um, idea behind it. Not like this podcast. And I think that that that's what we we you see when um, they are sitting in the the recording studio, and you know. Paul is desperately trying to steer the ship and just get them to the destination. You know, okay, we've got we've got all these great artistic ideas, but we have to put them together. We need to corral all these these wild feral kittens into one area and turn it into a, a fantastic gift basket of cute, beautiful cats. I don't know what. Okay, maybe that was a bit of a strained analogy. Was that an analogy? I don't know. I don't understand English. What am I on about? So I think what I'm saying is that it was inevitable. It was, they needed to go on their own way. They needed to go and just be the, each one of them on their own, be the sole creative and artistic force behind their music. Otherwise, they were just going to have more infighting between them. And I think they all, you could see, they they all realized that. It wasn't that they didn't like each other. It was that they just needed to be heard. Let's remember, these are, these are boys, men, people. Let's just say people, right? Because it's the same. Anybody who is creative and artistic, and they have a voice that needs to be heard, doesn't even you don't even need to be creative or artistic. Anybody that has a voice that they need to have heard, it's hard when your voice is drowned out by other more stronger or not even stronger, just other voices at the same time. And it gets frustrating. So it makes sense that they eventually say to each other and to themselves, "Well, this is not working for me. This is not getting out. My voice is not being heard here." You can see it definitely come out from George. George, like, he's like, I'm just tired of Paul telling me what to do. Well, of course he is. You know, he's he's coming into his his own. These guys started when they were teenagers. They, they did this all together. They were friends. And you know what? You make a lot of concessions for your friends. And you, you give up a lot for your friends. But after a certain while... You know, we all get married, we all go off and we all have children, we all we all live our own lives and we all make a legacy in the world and we make our own thing, I guess. I don't know. We're supposed to. I don't know if I have. Shit. Have I? But it is a nice payoff at the end of that movie to to actually see them finally kind of come up with something and go up on the roof and play the song and do do what they like to do, and that is play music together. And I think they know it at the time, that it's for the last time. They'll never do it again. I don't think that it's exactly what some of them wanted. They wanted, I think, probably to be on stage and see their audience. They didn't see much audience, I don't think, from that rooftop. There's no way they saw what was going on on the ground. They were well back from the edge of that roof. If anything, they only saw the people that were on the other rooftops uh, spread out and maybe people who were down the road. I don't know. I don't know what, what the density is like uh, in terms of uh, being able to see down the street uh, at Savile Row. But from what I could tell, it looked like the buildings are pretty close together and the streets are pretty tight. So looking straight up, you don't see them. 
and and you probably don't see them down a road or something like that from a, a, a far, you know, from a distance. It was kind of just like the voice from above when they were playing. And I don't know, maybe that fit that maybe that worked out great for those that didn't really want to perform on a stage in front of people. Uh, and those that did, because it kind of was a compromise for, for, for both of those. In the end, it made for a great video. And I think that that's, that's kind of what they were getting to, at least what Paul, you know, what they were, seemed to be putting out was they're putting out music videos, really. That's what they were doing. They're putting out music videos before MTV was about. <laughs> if they had MTV or much music or music videos in their day, maybe they would have stayed together longer or they would have, th- this whole rooftop concert thing would not have been a big thing. But you know what? In the end, it was this. It was these sorts of films that they were putting out that I guess actually made, they invented music video in a way. Who knows? Probably led to it. Somebody smarter than me would be able to tell me whether or not that's true. I don't know. What else is new? I've been over the reading, been over watching uh, Get Back. Uh, the podcasting, I'm back doing that. So that you, you've just sat through an hour worth of that. Um, music, what's new in my world of music? Nothing. There's not much. Um, I've told you I'm going back to work. I think I've kind of covered it for today, folks. Uh, oh, you know, the podcast. That's the other thing I guess I should talk about. Obviously, I'm not doing the 12 days of podcasting leading up to the 12 podcasting days of Christmas. Um, we didn't do it last year. We're not doing it this year. It's just too much work. <laughs> I have come to realize some things about myself. Uh, I, My laziness does not help me when it comes to holidays. Um, I, I, I'm a Grinch. I'm a Grinch for all holidays. I hate, I hate holidays. I do. I really do. I don't like Christmas. I don't like, um, I I can't say that. I like Christmas, but I don't like the things that I have to do for Christmas. I liked Christmas when I didn't have to do anything for it. (laughs) When I didn't have to be the one responsible for putting up the lights, for putting up the Christmas tree, for making Christmas dinner, for buying presents, for being an adult maybe that's what it is i just don't like being an adult i don't i really don't i just want to be a kid again i just want to lie on my mom and dad's couch and 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 watch tv and and listen to music and uh just be a child again get be taken care of i don't like taking care of people i guess i have to accept that's just not gonna happen until i lose my mind when I lose my mind, then somebody will take care of me again, but by then I won't realize it. Maybe it'll be my happy place. Anyway, I better go. This is turning dark. <laughs> it's about an hour. It's probably going to be edited down to less than an hour, so that's that's probably good. Thank you for putting up with me for whatever amount of time it is that you were able to put up with me, hopefully all the way to the end for me to hear this. Uh, maybe I'll talk to you soon. All right, then. Take care. <laughs>